And welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Um, today, I want to dive into words um, such as anesthesia and uh, derive words and or words associated with anesthesia. It's where we get the root word thesia, referring to sensation and or feeling. So we're going to get into that. That's where we get aesthetic anesthesia, paresthesia, synesthesia, um, hypersthesia, and so on and so forth. So if you're curious and want to learn more about the world around us, the language that we use, the words that we use, the medical terminology embedded within our world, or, you know, just, just learning something new. Because at the end of the day, what we've come to realize and what I hope that you all have learned at this point having listened to me for hopefully a long time now. And if not, if you're a, a, a rather newer person listening, I, I don't really tend to get a lot of new people listening to this podcast. I don't really have a lot of traction. But if you are relatively new, um, I hope you are starting to see how kind of English is this modge podge of just Greek and Latin. It's basically just the mushing together of these Greek and Latin words to make the English word, right? Because, I mean, before we actually get into it, I'll just give you an example. If you have something like anesthesia, for instance, well, if you have thesia referring to sensation and or feeling, if you have that prefix an, an in the Greek meaning without, anesthesia refers to without sensation. And according to Almighty Google, it's a loss of sensation or awareness brought on by the administration of drugs or other agents, essentially. So if you didn't know, now you know. And as you can see, you have an plus thesia, two Greek words smushed together to make anesthesia, which is an English word. So there you go. I hope, hope you learned something new with that. And let's go ahead and dive on into the meat of this episode right after a short little interruption. Alrighty. So now that I've gone into anesthesia talking about what it means, the loss of sensation or awareness brought on by those chemical agents, drugs, whatever, this is where we get the adjectival form, anesthetic. Relating to the lack of sensation or awareness, according to Almighty Google, again, the same thing here. Instead of thesia, the noun, we have etic here pertaining to. So essentially, this refers to pertaining to the lack thereof feeling or the feeling of not or not feeling. Next one that we'll get into here is paresthesia, right? So paresthesia, according to Almighty Google, is going to be an abnormal or altered sensation such as tingling, burning, or prickling, essentially. Etymologically, it comes from the Greek root word thesia, referring to sensation or feeling. Para means alongside, so the feeling or sensation alongside. Not sure exactly. Sometimes I wasn't consulted in the design phase of all these words and language and medicine and whatnot. But, you know, some of these aren't as intuitive as others. And that's okay because um, it's all about understanding that these words all had the similar ling linguistic qualities. Sorry, I'm getting tied with my tongue because you guys know me. I, I've... I'm still working on my speech, you know, ever since I used to talk like that, and that's me, my name is Liam, and I like to talk, I no longer do that, but 
I still tend to make my S's more S as I like to think. And, you know, that's why I like to do this podcast a lot of the time is it helps me practice my speech. Like I tell you guys, the way that you get better, uh, better in anything is just putting in the reps, putting in the practice, putting in the effort day in and day out. It's about doing it regardless of whether you think that you're making a difference, right? Practice. It's like, that's why we practice athletics. You know, we go to practice to, to be ready for the game. It's not like we just go ahead and we go out for varsity football, don't go to a single practice and then assume that we're just going to be creme de la creme, uh, walking onto that field and, you know, come Friday night or whatever, Saturday night. But if you didn't know, now you know because I didn't really know what I was actually even talking about before. So let's go ahead and just t- dive on into it and not talking about my speech anymore, but recognize that, hey, you know what? Like I always say, I get a lot of flack for this podcast. People say that it's kind of a waste of time and that people aren't really wanting to learn things that they can just look up already because you can look these things up. But that's the thing. It's not about being empowered by Google. I want you be, to be empowered by yourselves. I want you to be empowered by the mind that you have because the more that you can rely on yourself, the more powerful you are, the more that you can, uh, more, the more people are probably going to rely on you for certain things maybe. And that puts you in a very, very, very um, um, powerful state, strengthened state. I want you to feel empowered. Feel empowered by the words that you use because then you can carry yourself throughout your life commanding those words. You can command your language through interviews, through conversations, and so on and so forth. But without further ado, and you know me, I tend to ramble bamble, but let's get into the next word here after paresthesia. We have um, euthesia. Euthesia refers to a healthy or normal sensation. Etymologically, it comes from E-U-U, that prefix here in the Greek, meaning good, and thesia again, sensation or feeling. So a good sensation, a good feeling, a.k.a., according to Almighty Google, a healthy or normal sensation. I would say both etymologically or the actual definition both mean rather the same thing. How about hyposthesia? Hyposthesia is a, in reference to a dimis, diminished sensation in an area of the body. Um, etymologically, hypo refers to low and or below. This is where we get hyponitremia, hypo meaning low, natrium, the formal term for sodium, emia, presence in blood. So hypernitremia or hyponitremia is low sodium presence in blood. Um, and that's exactly what it means. It's also where we get hypothermia, hypo meaning low, thermia referring to temperature or heat. And in this case, in very, very severe situations, hypothermia leads to the blood freezing, in which case the limbs have to be chopped off because the tissue is necrotic and there is no oxygen being funneled to those parts of the body, aka hypoxia, hypo meaning low, ox referring to oxygen, ia, a truncated version of emia meaning presence in blood, low oxygen presence in blood. We need oxygen throughout our body. It's what, you know, that's, that's why we, if we don't have that, you know, hemoglobin's not going to be carrying the proteins throughout the body and the oxygenation of, you know, 
the, the, the red blood cells and all that good stuff. And, and if you don't have that, then you're going to have necrotic tissue or you're going to have to get a limb chopped off or something like that. That's why hypoxic, uh, being in a hypoxic state, not a good idea. Don't do it. Don't want to be in it. If you're in it, get out of it. I don't know how you do that. Uh, you can't just think it away. Anyways, excuse me. Next one that we have here. How about hyperesthesia, which is an abnormally increased sensitivity to an external stimulus? Thesia, sensation or feeling, hyper, high. There you go. Hyper is the opposite of hypo. Next one that we have here, how about aesthetic? Aesthetic, that's funny that aesthetic comes from aesthesia because aesthetic, aesthetic really just refers to the, um, according to Almighty Google, uh, relating to the appreciation of beauty, right? Um, etymologically, it comes from the Greek word sensation or perception. So um, it's it's very interesting to think about how aesthetic, looking at somebody's form, the beautiful form that somebody beholds, is actually kind of a rather subjective thing. The appreciation of the beauty where, um, you know, aesthetic comes from sensation, perception, the perception of oneself, uh, being either conveyed through their aesthetics or you seeing their aesthetic and how they are portraying their aesthetics, I guess. You know, there you go, their beauty. Um, in the Greek, or I'm sorry, a little bit of a tongue tie there, aesthesiometer. Aesthesiometer in this case according to Almighty Google, is an instrument used to measure sensitivity to touch or other physical sensation. Etymologically, it comes from the Greek aesthesis, referring to sensation or perception, and then meter refers to measurement. So this is the measurement of perception or sensation. And in this case, according to Almighty Google, an instrument used to measure sensitivity to touch or physical sensation. Sometimes the etymology and the actual definition pretty much mean the same thing. That's what I love about language. And that's what I love about at least understanding the bits and pieces and parts of each of these words is because if you don't know what a word means, you can actually extrapolate parts of the word. And then you can kind of do your own logical deductive reasoning if you don't know what that actual word is. It was, it's like when I think about, um, I saw a term the other day. Scleroderma, scleroderma, and I was like, I don't really know what that means, but looking at sclero, scleris means the hardening, right? This is where we get atherosclerosis or arteriosclerosis, you know, the hardening of the windpipe. Essentially, well, you know, we know what uh, atherosclerosis is. It's the the building up of the plaque walls and the uh, within the um, the arterial walls. Not good stuff very problematic, especially in our day and age. We have a lot of arteriosclerosis, arthrosclerosis, or it's atherosclerosis, I'm sorry, and then arthrosclerosis, however. Arthro, like an arthropod, arthro meaning joint, like arthritis, itis meaning inflammation of, so arthritis is the inflammation of a joint, but arthrosclerosis, arthro, joint, sclerosis, or sclera, Hardening, osis, the conditioning of. Arthrosclerosis is the condition of the hardening of the joints. 
I am going on such a crazy tangent right now. I have no idea where, why this is happening, but this is just me. This is the things in my mind being just spouted out to you guys, and I hope that you guys can glean some information from it. With that being said, I'm going to leave it there. I Oh, wait. Because we were talking about atherosclerosis, arteriosclerosis, scleroderma. I got to tell you guys about what scleroderma means. Because if I know that sclera means hard or hardening, what does derm refer to? Derma. I'll have you guys think about it. Consider, have you gone to the dermatologist recently? What did the dermatologist look at? What are you really dealing with if you seek out a dermatologist appointment? Um, Well, probably not treating my teeth or anything like that and probably not getting some sort of snap crackle pop from the chiropractor no i'm dealing with something regarding my skin and in this case derma means skin sclera hard and scleroderma is the hardening of the skin essentially it's a condition it's 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 what it is the roughness of the skin essentially is what happens. I don't know how it happens. I could look it up on Almighty Google right now, and I will at some point to see where that process actually occurs. But now that I know, at least etymologically, I can break that down. I know that, well, it is the hardening of the skin. And why does that happen? Well, it has me think a little bit more critically as to, well, if I don't know, I would like to know a little bit more. So why don't we go ahead and while I have my computer in front of me, luckily, scleroderma. Scleroderma, well, is an autoimmune connective tissue and rheumatic disease um, that causes inflammation in the skin and other areas of the body. Um, this causes the body to make more collagen, which causes the thickening of the skin. Very interesting. So if you didn't know, now you know. I'm looking at pictures right now. Very interesting. So there you go. Scleroderma, hardening of the skin. And it also can refer to the hardening and the tightening of the skin and the connective joints in general through that inflammation. It's also called Crest Syndrome, which I had no idea. So there you go. Now... You can be more inquisitive and you can ask yourself more questions about the critical nature of the world around you. See how Latin, Greek, language in general amplifies my understanding of the world around me. And it hopefully would uh, amplify yours as well. And if it doesn't, that's okay because different strokes for different folks. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys learned something new. And if you did, I would love that support. Hopping on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, wherever you find a, my, this podcast episode, I'm sure you can find a, a way and means in order to support me. Heck, maybe you know how to su- subscribe. I don't mention the, the term subscri- subscription because uh, I don't know if you can subscribe. I don't know how to subscribe. But if you can and you know how to do it, more power to you. I would love for you to subscribe to me. With that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Tempus est discetere.